Donald Trump, billionaire, reality TV star. But who knew in 2016 he would become our next president? Hello, hello, and welcome back to Hashtag Cancelled, the show where we talk about Gen Z and their wild habits, fads, and cancel culture. On today's episode of Hashtag Cancelled, we are going to be talking about Gen Z and politics. Now, before everyone goes freaking out on me, we're going to be talking about when is it okay for young people to start having a political view? And are parents pushing their own political views on their children. Hopefully you guys get some food for thought on today's episode, Puny Politics. Now, I know like anytime anyone mentions politics, everyone starts throwing out their opinions, but just chill it for a second. Let, let me get this out there. Okay, so 2016, weirdest election of pretty much anyone's life. We've got Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump. Everyone has an opinion. Literally everyone. People who aren't even from this country have an opinion. Small children have an opinion. Old grandpas, they have an opinion too. During this election, so many people felt the need to voice their opinion. Which I'm not saying is a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. I think that's great. But what is the age that we feel appropriate to start pressuring kids into feeling the need to have a political view. In a 2019 New York Times article, How the Trump Era is Modeling the Next Generation of Voters, it was stated that young people feel that their parents pressure them into which political party they should vote for. I mean, come on, like, look at this 2016 election. Ever since Trump got elected... There have been so many protests and rallies. And again, is that good? Is that bad? Like, what is America's stance on that? Because I know some people who are all for it. Like, yes, young people should have a voice. They're the future of America. And the other people are super concerned. In my opinion, I think it's great to have a voice. I feel like it shouldn't start so early. Because again, like, do we need that added extra pressure? Can't Like, I feel like Gen Z didn't get the childhood we deserved. One, we had all this pressure from our parents to go to school, like I mentioned in episode one. Two, now we're adding political pressure on top of that. Like, we're already supposed to know if we're Democrat, Republican, undecided, or who we're going to vote for when we become 18. Like, I get it. Being informed is great. But at what point does it become just, like, almost gross? Like, I feel like it's gross. Like, when you've got, like, a little seven-year-old, like, saying, like, oh, like, I'm vo- my parents are voting for Trump. And, like, you're dumb if you're not voting. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's, and, again, like, what is the age limit that we feel it's okay to start putting this political pressure? In my case, like, once you're 18, yeah, that's awesome. Like, go vote. Use your voting rights, please. And stop complaining like, oh, this person is the worst person ever. Like, no. Like, if you're so 
butthurt about this person, go vote for the other person. Like, go vote for who you want to be president. Like, stop complaining. But when you've got, like, little seven-year-olds saying their political view, maybe it's just me, but that's when I feel like a line is being crossed. So today, I have a very special guest, Nicole Gregory. Now, Nicole was a part of the YMCA's Youth and Government Program, and she's going to tell you about that. Thanks, Abby. I'm so glad I got to join you for this podcast today. Um, Yeah, so Youth and Government is YMCA's national program. It is student-run and student-led. It's a model government, so we have the three different branches of the government. We have the legislative, executive, and judicial. Um, This gives students the opportunity to learn specifically the legislative process. We um, usually start out students writing bills. Um, These students will meet in clubs or chapters across the state, um, whether they're at YMCA, public libraries, wherever it is that these groups can meet with their advisors, which are usually YMCA staff. And um, then they will meet at the national, or uh, I'm sorry, the state convention um, towards the end of this school year. Uh, They also have national conventions. for students that are really committed. And this is a program that I was very glad to be a part of. I um, started my freshman year, went through my senior, and then um, volunteered as a um, graduate uh, adult for two years. Um, This program definitely helped me understand the government better, and it really promotes students. In fact, one of the t-shirts I was wearing today um, from the program kind of early on has one of our Um, most widely known mottos, which is that the partisan divide exists only between the engaged and the disengaged. Basically, that means that we don't, we try not to have any sort of partisan divides in our um, discussions and our debates and the um, many bills that we go through and the different political opinions that we have. We really try to keep an open mind and the ones that are engaged are the ones that are going to Um, be able to explain their ideas effectively without attacking people themselves, but just debating ideas, not people. So I feel like this was very important um, in my understanding of the government and politics. So wait, they like actually let you like figure it out on your own, right? Like they didn't like, like, oh, we're Republicans. Everyone has to be a Republican. Like they kind of like were like, hey, like figure it out. Like explore like different opinions and different views. Yeah, exactly. That was actually um, a really big part of YIG and a lot of things that, um, sorry, youth and government for short is YIG, but that that was a big thing that a lot of our advisors um, and staff really tried to express to us because we did have a lot of um, advisors that we knew were Republican or Democrat or or conservative or liberal, however you want to say it, on different ends of the spectrum or some that were more in the middle. And even though they would express their own opinion, they would say, please don't take my word for it. please educate yourselves, make your own decisions, do your own research, and then decide what it is that you want to stand for. Um, and then learn how to express that in a way that is respectful. That's awesome. I feel like you don't see that a lot today. I feel like a lot of like teachers and even parents are very like in your face, like, this is my belief. This is your, like, especially with young kids, like, this is my belief. So this is your belief as well. Like, How do you feel about that? Do you feel like adults are, like, projecting their political views on their kids? So I definitely do, and I think that comes from, not to be harsh or anything, but just kind of an immaturity or or a lack of awareness might be a better way to put it. 
But um, when parents stand for something um, that they're passionate about, I think that's great. When they do it in an ignorant type of way where they don't educate themselves on other point of views or they're not respectful or that they put down people personally. That was a big no-no in YIG. Um, it's all about ideology. It's not about people themselves. So when you start saying, kind of like you said earlier, um, if a, if a kid starts repeating because they've heard their parents say, well, I vote for Trump and anyone else who doesn't is stupid, that's when you're starting to slam people themselves, and that's never going to be helpful, whether it's in politics or any other area of life. Um, so, yeah, I think that when kids, especially that young of an age, start talking like that, they already have a negative view of politics and government and what it can be. Um, and they're just mirroring their parents kind of lack of awareness at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the Trump election, how do you feel like that has changed Gen Z? Like what are the effects that it's caused? Mm -hmm. So that's a big thing. I think that the Trump election, the first I'm not super educated on it, I think, but I think the first thing that does come to mind is that it basically made our presidential elections kind of a laughing stock, and um, just for many different reasons. Not that it itself maybe was deserving of all of that. Maybe it was. You can make different arguments, but there has been a huge internet reaction. Plus, the internet um, memes are more cultural now, et cetera, et cetera. So we just really kind of for everyone growing up in this time has a pretty negative or at least disrespectful or, um, a view of the presidency, um, which may or may not be accurate. It just means that they already have a discolored, um, uh, kind of lens when they view our government, especially the executive branch. Yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely feel like, um, especially in, Generation Z, a lot of people, like, even though they don't, know, like, they're Democrat or Republican, I feel like just people in general have lost respect for the president. Like, I feel like back in a few generations ago, like, even if you didn't agree with, like, who ended up being the president, like, you still had a respect for him. But, like, okay. most people don't even call Trump, like, President Trump. Like, it's just mm -hmm. like, oh, Donald Trump, that rich guy who runs the country. Like, you yeah. know, like, I feel like it's just, like you said, kind of like, like a laughing stock. Like, it just, like, the presidential election literally just became a giant meme. Yeah. Um, so, my next question, in my opinion, is a bit of a big one. Do you feel like adults and also social media have pinned both political parties against each other that, like, now... There's, like, no even chance for peace because everyone's, like, there's so much turmoil. And, like, because we're projecting that on our kids, like, it's just going to kind of, like, continue throughout generations. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah. So, absolutely. Unfortunately, we tend to agree that our um, culture and especially our media lend itself to creating more divisiveness um, instead of opening up the table for healthy conversations from both sides of the spectrum. And I understand when it comes to a lot of matters that involve life or death, um, whether it's talking about abortion, pro-life, pro-choice, or um, war, or whatever it is, um, or racism, and all these, all these very weighty matters, if you have a difference of opinions that 
that when it comes down to it, you're talking about like the worth and the value of people's lives. That can be very touchy and people don't want to open up a conversation with someone they know is from a different um, perspective. So I can understand that difficulty. I still think there is a huge amount of room for um, discussion that is not being well. And instead, we are immediately pigeonholing people based on any small sign that we might get from them, according to our perspective, that they may be a part of a, a certain political party. That being said, this is actually something that is very current in the news right now. Um, there was a video of Ellen DeGeneres sitting with George W. Bush at a sports game, and they were talking and laughing, and she um, received so much backlash from this that she went on her show later and gave a little blurb about talking about kindness and how she she really does promote kindness in all of her um uh, attempts and everything. And so she talked about how she means being kind to people, even when they have difference of opinions, whether it's extreme, you know, small differences, um, something as big as the difference between her and Bush. And this was received very well from people. They said that this was mature, um, and that they hoped the world would become more like this. And then other people, um, Mark Ruffalo being one notable voice said that this was unacceptable and that he would not support any sort of um, kindness of this sort until people like Bush answered for their um, uh, war crimes, in his words. So, like I said, um, while I think there's a lot of concerns that are valid, I think that we tend to create a lot of hostility where it's unnecessary. And we're all human. And I think we forget about that when it comes to politics. And I think that the more that we discuss and the better that we become at debating only the ideas and not people, we'll be able to promote a, um, a, a culture of more acceptance and being able to actually reach, even if you don't reach a compromise, reaching an understanding of each other. And I think that'll make the um, just the political world a better place to be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I definitely think, like, the first step... And politics and also, like, just the whole process that comes with it is just, like, people realizing that everyone's different and everyone has a different opinion. And that does not mean we need to crucify people because they believe one thing and we believe the other thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, how do you feel, like, because I know, like, for the Trump election... There was so many protests, and I feel like a lot of people our age, like our generation, were getting involved. Like, do you feel like protesting is now like a bigger fad or whatever because of the Trump election? Um, so I definitely would have to look back at kind of statistical research on how many protests there were before Trump's administration and after. But according to my own experience, I definitely feel like there have been a lot more protests. I feel like a lot of the statements that comes from the Trump administration incites a lot of emotion in our nation, which leads to a lot of protests. And we have a lot of millennials uh, growing up in a very kind of tense political situation, and now they have the ability to express their frustrations and, and tell people what they think needs to be done and the change that they want to see so I can understand the mindset behind it. For sure. Now, as to its effectiveness and whether we should have more protests or not, personally, I 
think that we have more protests that are necessary. I believe that lobbying for legislation is a more effective way to see change. I know that people are very disenchanted with our political process right now and the legislation process. So I can understand um, it's easier and it's quicker and it makes more noise to just have a protest. But if you really want to see change, I think that sometimes a better route is to go to your local um, representatives and that really does change things. You can sit with them. They want, they do. I know that we as a culture, like I said, don't really support our political process a lot of the time and our elected representatives, but they actually do want to hear what we have to say, especially if they're on a local level and they have an effect as it goes up the chain. So I think that's more important than hosting more protests, especially on issues that we have already gained um, a level of awareness in our country. Well, first, I want to say thank you for all of that. That was awesome. Uh, I really like hearing other people's opinions about this because I know I feel very strongly about this, but it's always good to, you know, get other people's perspectives or whatever. So thank you so much for joining us today on Hashtag Canceled. Um, Absolutely. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. Well, kids, you heard it here first. We are not canceling having a political opinion. But let's just maybe make sure it's our own opinion, not our parents. Anywho, I'm your host, Abby Cassiano, signing off for today. Thanks for listening to episode two of Hashtag Cancelled. <laughs>